1: Get paid for your pet Get paid for your pet Get paid for your
0: pet This episode is brought to you by Hostly, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Especially for Get Paid for Your Pet listeners, get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit pad get paid for your pet episode number 165 my name is jasper i'm your host and today i'm very excited to have on the show a good friend somebody who's inspired me somebody who is has done very similar things actually it's a very similar lifestyle to me so i'm really excited natalie sisson welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me my friend
0: how are you doing
1: i'm fantastic although as i mentioned to you before we started recording i'm experiencing my first winter in seven years after tripping all around the world i'm actually staying put for a winter which is a little bit weird
0: you're in new zealand which means that you know you guys you guys do everything the other way around right you have (laughs) winter in july summer in december
1: exactly yeah we have sunny christmases and we have midwinter christmas parties in the middle of the year when you guys are in summer
0: awesome (laughs) Well, just to give the audience some some reference, so me and Natalie actually met because of the podcast that me and Josefa started back in two thousand and fourteen and uh, the first mm. thing that we did was we wanted to learn more about podcasting because we had really no idea how to be a good podcast host or we had a lot of questions around the production and you know how to grow the audience and stuff so we went to this conference it was called the podcast movement if i if I'm recall correctly. Uh I believe it was in Dallas in Texas.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, it was the first time I'd been there.
0: Right. It was August 2014. Mm-hmm. And Gosh, it was it yeah. was really cool. Uh there was a lots lots of people with uh with podcasts. And there's where me and Natalie met and I think we immediately connected because our story was very similar. and um, Natalie you've been traveling around the world since 2010,
1: is it? Yeah. It is.
0: Awesome. And um and so you know I w- I really want to start this podcast by having you share a little bit about your background and how you transitioned from the corporate world into the traveling lifestyle and uh, Nelly has a website called the suitcase entrepreneur. And uh, she has uh, all sorts of other really cool projects that we'll quickly talk about as well before we get into the Airbnb topic of today, which will be the the, uh, business profile page that Airbnb has recently launched. So, Natalie, I'll pass the mic to you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I guess uh, you just sort of summed it up though so well. Um, The lifestyle that I've built uh, has basically been one of traveling out of my suitcase for almost the last six and a half years full time. And I took my business with me. So I guess the whole point when I started my business, which is to help entrepreneurs create freedom in business and adventure in life uh, through systems and outsourcing and sales funnels and tools was to be doing that while I was also traveling the world, kind of practicing what I preach and living and breathing what I teach others to do. And you met me like at the height of that. I think I just published my suitcase entrepreneur book the year before I was starting to speak and get paid to speak at more conferences. And I was literally traveling to places where I wanted to either meet my friends. There was a great conference or event on that I wanted to attend or was speaking at. There was an ultimate Frisbee tournament because I love playing that game. And or it was a country that I'd never been to. And along the way, it was obviously Airbnb became one of my best friends once it actually started. It didn't start until I was well into my traveling. But once it arrived, it was just such a fantastic vehicle for being able to do exactly what I did, which was bounce around the world.
0: All right. So let's go back to around 2010, because I think people are very interested, particularly in, you know, how do you make the transition from sort of a quote unquote normal uh, nine to five job? to you know running your you're running your own business that how how did that transition happen
1: yeah that's a very good point so um i had done about eight years in the corporate world and the last job that i had when i was in london was the one that just Push me over the edge, so how did I transition? I simply quit well it doesn 't seem that easy, but I just had had enough. so I think using an impetus or using something in your life that just makes you forced to go one way or the other is the best way to make a big life changing decision and I was like i 've had enough. I quit, and I booked a one way flight to Canada uh, where I wanted to play world championships ultimately with the New Zealand women team. I just made that decision, never been to Canada in my life, played the tournament, and then I was like, okay crap i 'm in a new country." I want to start a new business. I had a few ideas around what it could be, in, and I actually thought it could be around health and wellness, and I thought I could consult to corporates in Vancouver um, about how they could have a healthier workforce. I didn't specifically have all those skill sets and that, but I knew enough about enough and I had a certificate in fitness management and stuff that I thought maybe that's it. But instead, I, I met my business partner at a networking event and he had an idea for an app and I basically joined him on that journey and said, here's my skill set and here's how it complements yours. And we co-founded a pretty cool app called Fundraiser, which is doing really well today. And it's an app on Facebook that allows you to fundraise for personal use or profitable like charitable events or things like that. And so I kind of deep dove into this world of technology and really fast-paced and understood, I guess, the power of using social media to build a business from scratch, um, figuring out financing, getting investors on board, building the app. It was full-on for about 18 months. And during that time, as you probably well know, I started up a blog called Women's World at the time, which was focused on how the heck do women entrepreneurs, especially in the tech sector, find success and how do they deal with this male-dominated industry and just how are they getting ahead and how are they running their businesses. And I did it kind of selfishly because I wanted to interview smart, successful women. And I thought, well, if I have a blog, it'll look more, I guess, professional than me just asking them out for lunch. And that blog today is my entire business was built from that. So I renamed it The Suitcase Entrepreneur when I hit the road and I'd been doing it for about a year and it just seemed much more aligned with what I'd built. And it, it all started out from a blog and then creating products and programs that fitted the audience that I was building and just making sure that I was really listening to their needs and what they were struggling with. And luckily social media and tools was something I was passionate about and it was an area that at that time not many people were talking about or teaching. So that was where I kind of got dug in from the get-go running a physical workshop and then turning that into an online program and Never looked back, makes it sound easy, but lots of trials and tribulations along the way, but that's essentially how my business started.
0: You've heard me talk about Hostfully a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostfully guidebook to my guests, as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostfully Host program. Twice a month, Hostfully selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostly Host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter, my social media feeds, and you get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com/hostly-host. Awesome! So let's dive into the Airbnb topic of today. And um, we talked a little bit beforehand. This is actually a feature that I wasn't even aware that it existed. Airbnb recently launched a feature called a business profile page. And this is a page where if you have more than three listings, you can list, you have basically a profile page with an overview of your listings where li- people can actually search for dates only for your listings. So it, none of the other listings will show up. So, but before we talk about this, let's quickly hear, you know, how did you start using Airbnb? I know you have used Airbnb a long time as a traveler. And, mm-hmm. you know, over the last few years, we've talked quite a bit about the, about Airbnb hosting. And so I would, I would love to know, how did you make the transition from using Airbnb as a guest to actually being a host? And what are the things that you learned as a guest that you applied as a host that made you so yeah. successful because you've been doing really well?
1: well, I'm not going to lie when you told me about your place in Amsterdam. And I was like, hmm, I hadn't actually thought I had a place. Um, And then I ended up through a series of reasons buying properties in New Zealand when I came back. And one of those was an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment. And I had only spent like a month or two in it, done it all up, and then went away. So I rented it out. And when I came back the next time, I was like, I'm actually going to live in my apartment properly for several months. And the second bedroom was always going free. And I thought about it, but I was like, I don't know if I really want people in my place. But it was around Christmas time that I was going away for two weeks. And I thought, what about if I just list my place on a and b and see if anybody would take it? And the very first who booked in, you're going to laugh at this, were four um, Swiss guys. And I was like, four Swiss guys? My sister's like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? And I was like, ah. Uh, Quite a lot. But anyway, they were great guests. They stayed for about four or five nights and it pretty much covered my sort of trip away. And I was like, hmm, this is really useful. So after that, I actually just put the listing on for one bedroom. And in New Zealand right now, I don't know if you know this, but probably around the world, there's a shortage of rental properties. And in Wellington, where I am from and was living at the time, it was extremely short. So pretty much this was New Year's onwards. I started getting bookings once or twice a week for this room and then it became almost full time like I could have had somebody there every single night up until around March which I did until I flew to Bali and it just it was just incredible how much money you could make off it and the people were all really lovely and I think just My lessons from being a traveler and being a lovely Airbnb guest, always leaving a great review, but always keeping the place tidy and socializing and just, you know, making sure that you were a great guest, then transferred when I was a host was like thinking about the experience they'd be going through. How could I make their room most comfortable? I gave most people a little small gift, whether it was chocolate or just providing them with tea and coffee and cereals and things that they could have and making them feel as welcome in my place as possible. I had a little whiteboard up on the wall that doubled as a picture if you turned it around. And I just keep the Wi-Fi code up there. I put up suggestions for places that they could eat out and drink because my place is right in the heart of town. And then I had people come back for repeat booking. So I had a mix of corporate travelers within New Zealand, which I wasn't actually expecting, and then tourists. And it was genius. It went really, really well. So I've really enjoyed the experience. Didn't have anybody... As a bad egg coming through. And after a while, I was a bit sick and tired of changing sheets and bedrooms out. And so I found this Facebook group of local university students and just put it out there and said, who wants to be an Airbnb manager and cleaner? And I had about 37 responses in the space of 20 minutes. So I actually had to take the post down. And then I interviewed about three people and chose this awesome Italian lady who was currently working at a hostel anyway. Um, So she already knew exactly all about it. She'd also run her own Airbnb back in Rome and Italy. They had three rooms. So she knew all the things that she needed to know. And I just ended up paying her to basically do the room change. And sometimes when I wasn't even there, welcome the guests and she had a key and it was brilliant. So I'm really glad I did that from probably within the first month just to outsource that because it wasn't something that I needed to be doing. And it just, it made a lot of sense.
0: That's really interesting. You know, there's a question that I get a lot from listeners is, you know, how do I manage my listing if I'm not around? Like how do I find a person who can clean Mm -hmm. and manage my listing? So I kind of have two questions for you. First of all, if you can, if you can repeat, you know, how did you select the person that you selected? So, what kind mm-hmm. of things that you look at? And secondly, can you also share uh, how much you're paying that person?
1: Yeah, let me try and think back because I haven't. She's still sort of around, but because I haven't got the apartment on Airbnb specifically right now because I've got long term tenants in. Uh, so it was through a Facebook group that was local, and I I always advise that. And it just happened to be a really large group of. Wellingtonians. It started out being called Vic Deals, so Victoria University Deals. But it had just grown into this all-encompassing local group where people would buy and sell things or trade things or say, hey, I've got some work or I'm looking for work and just a huge variety of ridiculous things that went on in the Facebook group. And so I just put a listing out saying, a post just saying, hey, I'm looking for a a part time flexible manager for my Airbnb listing, but also somebody who's, you know, willing to clean. And I said, just direct message me if you're interested. And because a lot of them are students and they want part time jobs, I uh, had about, as I said, 37 people message me privately. And then I just read through what their experience was. And contacted the people that looked interesting, invited them around to my apartment and showed them the way. And I only ended up interviewing three people because this Julia was awesome and she still is. And uh, as I said, she had direct and relevant experience. And I actually said to her, what would you like as an hourly rate? And she said, I'm getting $17 an hour at my current job and so I'd like that and I was like done because I was actually prepared to pay up to 20 just for context the minimum wage in New Zealand is $15.50 or something right now it's actually gone up quite a lot but the cost of living in New Zealand is expensive so yeah I was like 17 and I that's where we started at and I said let's just see how it goes so she would literally come and we use that really cool time tracking software that you told me about Jasper, which I've suddenly forgot what the name of right now um my, is it manager no mind my one of those services that you told me about where you can actually track somebody else's time on there if they're letting people in or cleaning
0: awesome uh, I actually can't remember <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll look it up for you but it was quite it didn't actually fully work super well but what I did put up on there was a checklist of everything that she needed to do so it was like when they, when a guest leaves, go in, you know, change the sheets, do the washing, make sure it's clean, just do a quick vacuum, you know, all that stuff, depending on how long they'd stay. In. And then if you're checking them in, make them feel welcome, show them how to use the keys, where the garbage is, show them the whiteboard with the Wi-Fi, make sure they have everything they need to know, know where the coffee and tea And then, yeah, so it was just really easy to have a checklist. And she she enjoyed and appreciated that. And as I said, she had experience right now in in working in like a guest house hostel. So she was brilliant. She just was very efficient. Um, And she would just leave me a little note at the end of the week with her hours on it. And I just pay by online banking because we couldn't quite figure out the app for using that. It was just a bit more complex than it needed to be. But yeah, it was really helpful in terms of the app being able to put the checklist up there that she could access to.
0: Interesting. So, you know, I used to pay my cleaning lady a fixed fee for the cleaning and the check-in and also to be there if the guests have any, you know, issues during their stay. Um mm-hmm. is and, and you you decided to pay her per hour. Is she also sort of the the backup person in case there's there's any problems?
1: I guess she would be. But, you know, if I was there, then I could sort of take over that role. But, yeah, she would be. She only lived like a six-minute walk away. And she, I found that after a while it was basically 90 minutes that she'd do to clean the whole thing and turn it around. And often she'd come in at a time that was just before the next guest would arrive, so then she could just stay at the apartment and let them in. So it really wasn't, it wasn't adding up to too much. And I think I included the fee in Airbnb for extra for cleaning, which is smart. Um, and pretty much it never really went over that that cleaning fee so it worked out pretty well
0: awesome now let's talk about something that didn't go as planned uh, you were forced to cancel some bookings uh, oh, fairly yeah. recently but what i've yeah. noticed is it, it hasn't caused you to lose your superhost status so i'm, I'm curious yeah. to know how so you weird. pull it off
1: well i was really thrilled that i was going to get super host status because i had all these fantastic reviews and it said you will get you know you'll get reviewed again first of april um, and then I went away to Bali in March, and so I, I didn't have the listing there anymore because, as I mentioned, I got in some long-term tenants who will be there until the end of the year. Um, but I forgot. there was I'd blocked off all the time that I was away, but I forgot to continue to block it past when they extended their rental agreement. So suddenly, right around the time of the rugby happening here, I had three people book in straight away because the minute that space came up again, availability, people booked in, and I was like, shit, shit, shit. (laughs) Sorry if I'm not allowed to swear on the podcast, but I just did. So I had to cancel the bookings three in a row, and then I blocked out the rest of the time. And that's when Airbnb sent me this message saying, hey, you've canceled three people in a row now. Basically, we want you to be able to better manage your listing, so use the tools, and for now we're just going to deactivate your listing. But they also then had a link in that saying, if you think you can handle this, reactivate your listing here. And so I just clicked on it, answered a question or two, and suddenly it was reactivated. And then about three weeks later, I got the superhost status because it rolled around to 1st of April. So yeah, there you go. That's that's <laughs> Just a you bit know random.
0: that's inter- that's really interesting because uh because normally when you cancel a booking you will actually lose your superhost status for a year and so when you are when you're looking at your in your dashboards at your stats you know how you can see all the you know the requirements for being a superhost status like the 80% five star reviews the 90% response time does it say there's also a little bar that says you know how many cancellations you have and so those cancellations must not show up in those stats, then?
1: I guess not. Actually, I can I can check my stats right now. That's on the dashboard. Yeah, it was weird because I literally pressed reactivate the minute they deactivated me. I wonder if it fully registered in their system.
0: Hmm. It sounds like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sounds like you got away with
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe. Um, um, yeah, I've got really lovely. I've got lovely stats here. Eighty-eight percent commitment rate. One hundred percent response rate. It does say you've cancelled three reservations in the past three hundred and sixty five days. This is below Airbnb's hosting standards and your listings might be suspended. So they were and then I got, got back
0: up. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. Well, I wasn't yeah. so lucky. I had to cancel one booking because I uh, I made a mistake with my settings after I sold I sold my house in Amsterdam and I was under the impression that nobody was able to book it. But then, uh, because of the, the settings that I chose, there was actually a little gap, and somebody ended up booking, and I had to cancel it, and then goodbye, superhost that is. So maybe I'll reach out to Airbnb oh. and see if uh, you know, see if they can, uh, they can change that. But anyway, let's talk about this business profile page, because so this is something that Airbnb mm. rolled out recently and honestly I, I wasn't even aware of it so i yeah I, you
1: didn't even know about it yeah like
0: it's a shame isn't it like it's a but uh, anyway so i, I googled <laughs> it and uh, i found an article in the community center where there's some people asking some questions about this so this is invitation only i believe it's a business profile page how did you did you get invited for it
1: I did. So, yeah, not long after achieving Superhost status, then um I put our house that we've now bought here in um it's a lifestyle property north of Wellington and I decided to list the rooms on it just to see if we'd get people coming through for cycle tour adventures and just to, you know, just to see if there's anything out in this area. It's not a high demand place at all and we haven't had any bookings, but suddenly I did have three properties. So, I had my apartment in Wellington, my house in Portugal that I bought last year, and this property that I bought with my partner. And then suddenly they're like, hey, did you know you could have a business profile page? Which I think is a bit of a ripoff from a Facebook business page. But essentially it said, do you want to choose a cover photo? And I was like, no. And then it just groups your listings there. And as you were just reading out um, on the blog, it's not really an extra awesome feature. But if, for example, somebody went to book your apartment somewhere like mine and it was full, I could then send them the link to that and the message and say, hey, I know it's full, but here are my other listings. Check them out. Um, So it's something that you can send, I think what you said, more privately or to people who request it.
0: Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a, it's good to be able to send people, let's say somebody wants to stay with you, like friends or family, or somebody who's recently stayed with you. You could just send them this, uh, this link and then they can see all your properties and they can also search on the profile page. They can search to see which of these properties are actually available. And like you mentioned, uh, the one advantage of having this particular profile page is that when somebody makes an inquiry for one of your spaces, you can actually send this link through the messaging system because normally URLs get blocked by Airbnb in the messaging system, but this one doesn't. And you can also click on the map to see your properties on the map so people can see where they are. And again, it's, it will only show your listings and not any other listings. So it's a, it's a cool little feature. I guess you need to have free listings or more in order to be eligible for, for this new feature. It seems to be invitation only. I don't know if there's much you can do to apply for one. I mean, people who have multiple listings, they might want to just contact Airbnb and see if they will, uh, will give them a profile page, business profile page. Uh, I'm not sure. So I would love to hear from other people who have experiences with this. Uh, feel free to reach out to me an email at jasper.getpaidforypap.com so that I can share that information next time on the podcast. Yeah. So that would be awesome.
1: I was thinking it's a great feature for somebody who has a lot of listings. You know, so maybe you've got 10, 20 properties around the world. It's quite neat to be able to to send them all to that one place and make sure that people do still book through you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a nice little business card, online business card that you can can direct people to. Well, Natalie, this has been a really cool conversation. I've learned a few things and I'm (coughs) sure everybody uh, finds your story very inspiring. To finalize this uh, episode, could you let the listeners know what you're up to currently? What's your focus? And also how can people get in touch with you or find you?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty exciting time. Um, Ironically, I feel like I'm transitioning because I now have this awesome lifestyle property and a puppy and I'm going to be not doing as much traveling, actually staying put. I'm really looking to ingrain myself in the New Zealand community and advise and mentor businesses here. And I'm going to be doing more of that through my Natalie Sisson brand. And that's exciting to me. But at the same time, my suitcase entrepreneur book, I don't know if you knew this, yes, but we got picked up by a big five publisher in New York. And so that is being redone and relaunched in September, which is kind of cool because I feel like, I've put my suitcase away for a while, but the suitcase entrepreneur philosophies and values live on. And I'm really excited to see how much engagement that will get and how many more people come across the book and read the message. So that will be fantastic for growing the community. In the meantime, my podcast at nataliesisson.com is all about a quest for freedom. So for those of you listening who want more personal freedom, or more financial freedom, um, or relationship freedom, that's what I'm covering and discovering on the podcast. So yeah, I'd love for people to come there or the suitcaseentrepreneur.com.
0: Awesome. So I encourage everybody to check it out. You've definitely inspired me a few times. I, I remember when I was working on my blog, I would take a sneak peek at your blog sometimes to, you know, to get some ideas. <laughs> so, uh, definitely uh, encourage everyone uh, to check out your, uh, your content. I'm sure people can learn a lot from it. And thank you so much for being on the show. I would, I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully I have the chance to visit you in New Zealand sometime and stay at one of your Airbnbs. I've never been to New Zealand, but I've always wanted to go um so hopefully we can make that happen in the near future
1: yeah i'd love that
0: <laughs> awesome so natalie thanks for being on the show and the listeners thanks for listening and of course on friday we'll be back with a news episode and we'll also go into some questions from listeners so i hope to see you then bye-bye
1: get paid for your pet. get paid for your pet get paid for your pet